Hello and welcome to And the Winner Was. My name is Joel Winstead and this is my journey. I'm watching every Best Picture winner in order. Started in 1927 with Wings. With each episode I'll be covering a different film. It's a different guest. With me today for the second time, Ryan Elliott, GeekCast Live. Uh, welcome to the show. I, uh, I've never been more ready to talk about a film in my life. So last time you were on here, we talked about Around the World 90 Days, mm-hmm. um, which was billed as a comedy, um, and it was not. No, it's more of one of those uh, like uh, roller coasters designed for suicide. Yeah. <laughs> it's very sad. Very yes. sad. Um, <laughs> today is different. Today we're talking about Tom Jones. Uh, we're going to discuss his filmography, his discography. <laughs> yeah. Love is like candy to... in a shell. Um, <laughs> this is a film that I did not know existed for a very long time. Um, and then when I was going down this road and looking at all the movies, I saw Tom Jones and I was like, what in the world is that movie? I, I, I never really even was aware of it, you know? Um, and then I started I started researching and I was like, oh, okay. I always thought this was Barry Lyndon, uh, or or like a Barry Lyndon adjacent type thing. Uh, and it turns out it's it's none of those things and all of those things. Um, including the musician Tom Jones, who actually loved this movie so much that that, that he decided that his stage name would be Tom Jones. Uh, that's not true. Is that true? It's one hundred percent true. That just makes this better. Yeah. That makes it all the better. Today we're talking Tom Jones, directed by Tony Richardson, screenplay by John Osborne, based on the ni- and the 1749 novel, The History of Tom Jones, a foundling, starring Albert Finney, Susanna York, Hugh Griffith, Edith Evans. Um, this film was nominated for 10 Academy Awards the 1964 Academy Awards. Uh, it took home some hardware. It took home uh, four. It took home four, including Best Picture, Best Director, Best Writing, Best Musical Score. Um, is this movie just all about sex, Ryan? Yep. That's what this this movie is, is, just, um, is just about sex. Yeah. <laughs> There's that's the through line for sure from start to finish. It's uh, the plot. It's the subplot. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's the it's the uh, it's the a plot, the b plot, and a couple of asides. Mm-hmm. The c plot <laughs> is uh, is is um, hunting via horseback. Mm. That's the c plot, but everything else is sex. Yeah, correct. Um, you know, this is this. It's kind of weird because so I'm looking at all of this through the lens of Best Picture winners. So mm-hmm. I'm 100% aware that there's other films out there that are being like body and like pushing the limits of the Hollywood production code, the Hayes Code. They're pushing the limits of film as a medium. I'm aware that these films exist, and a lot of them don't even get attention from the Academy Awards. But I. Uh, I'm looking at all these through the lens of the Academy Awards and the Best Picture winners. And through that lens, I can kind of see a um, a trend um, of, of, of the Academy pushing forward movies that are very not quote-unquote traditional Academy Award movies. Um, and movies that are pushing like film as a medium – and then once those films win, then it's like a complete redress. And it's like, no, wait, we, where's the, we need a musical. Like this is, it's too much for us. Right. We can't handle it. Um, right. And so this is kind of right in the era of like, so just this, this is the 1960, 1963 winner. So right before this was Lawrence of Arabia, which is like this crazy epic, like, you know, uh, very much a an Academy Award thing, um, right? It's it's a uh, it's it's Oscar bait. It's a uh, it's an Oscar movie. 
right? Yeah, I mean, very much so. I mean, David Lean's still doing some crazy stuff, and there was some, like, editing in there and different, like, French New Wavey. There was, like, some stuff in that was pushing the medium of film, but it was definitely, like, a like a sword and sandal-like epic, you know? It definitely sure. had that feel to it. Before that was West Side Story, which is, like, Hollywood loves their musicals. And then mm-hmm. on, in 1960, you know, the start of this decade is The Apartment, which is kind of, like, um, a very depressing rom-com. Um, right. And then, and then bam, that, 1963. Tom Jones. And it's like, what? A British invasion, right. you know, like uh, very like, you know, pushing all kinds of, you know, non-Hollywood buttons and, and, and you know, being very naughty, very naughty. Um, but, and then after this, you have My Fair Lady and then The Sound of Music, like, it's like they sure. had to like correct. They had to steer the ship. They're like, okay, like we'll have Complete to reset. <laughs> I don't know what we were on in 1964, but we got to put it in the past. Uh, yeah, and, and and so this is right right around this time. The Hollywood, the Hayes Code, the Hollywood, the production code was kind of crumbling. There was cracks. You know, um, a couple years. Before this, like in '58, uh, Gigi won Best Picture, which is about basically a prostitute. Um, and there was a lot, there was a lot undone as far as like pushing the envelope uh, and getting stuff through the Hayes Code during that time. Um, but it's funny because then after that movie was Ben Hur, a biblical epic, you know. Uh, and so the, the Academy likes to steer the ship in certain directions in certain years. But anyways, you know this. When a, when a film like Tom Jones becomes this successful in the United States and, and gets this kind of recognition, you know, the, there's a, there's a lot more slipping through the cracks and like American audience, you can tell what American audiences are kind of trying to gobble up, you know, like you'll see they're, they're kind of hungry for something more titillating and something more irreverent. And then you get this British film, Tom Jones, and it's, you know, it's, it's like, you, it's like a naughty little sex comedy and, it's got big breasted ladies and Tom Jones is gallivanting around and jumping in and out of different beds. And it's kind of the perfect storm of what American audiences were looking for at the time. But at the same time, it also had Tony Richardson doing some crazy, there was some like awesome, like edits in this film that I was really enjoying. He did stuff with different lenses and he did, he did, he sped things up and, um, they broke the fourth wall several times. Like it was, yeah, it was crazy. Was fourth wall, two or three times. Suddenly there was like a Betty Hill scene. Yes. Um, and um, a, a, a swashbuckling, sword fighting, yeah. sand. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was all over the place. Yeah. Um, I was kind of blown away by it, to be yeah. honest with you. Yeah, I get it's it's got four and a half stars for me on Letterbox right now. Yeah, yeah, I you know I I think it's I'm at three and a half right now, but that after this it might change because like ever since I I watched this movie a couple weeks ago, maybe a week and a half ago, and it's just it's stayed with me. I can't stop thinking about it, and I've listened to a couple uh, like um, what you call like history things about this. Uh, uh-huh. And the novel and all that. I mean, I've kind of gotten into it, kind of the same way I got in, like Lawrence of uh, Lawrence of Arabia. I almost just called it Lawrence of Olivier again. I can't fucking. <laughs> <laughs> My brain is Lawrence broken. Lawrence of Olivier, <laughs> which is how I. That's that's the only way I refer to him now. <laughs> uh, but I kind of got obsessed with it, and um, you know, it's crazy because this movie. If you like, if you look on whatever IMDb, Rotten Tomatoes, Letterboxd, all the film bro places it's not it's not great it doesn't have great reviews <clears throat> like nope. a lot of people will like sl- you know dunk on it and like say really things that still don't make a lot of sense um but it, it kind of seems like they're just piling on or like they're saying they're saying those things because they feel like they should you know like well such and such a person doesn't like this and i like them so i i guess i don't like this either um uh, and then, well, actually, even the director kind of cringes about it. We'll get into that in a second. But um, when this film first started, uh, it's, it was it started off very silly. Uh, it starts off as like a silent film. <clears throat> silent film. 
Which I thought part. was going to be, I thought it was going to be, that was going to be the movie. And I was like, boy, I didn't know what to he, he did it to me again. But now, he, he gives me the weird, long, boring movies to watch for him. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it was going to go that way. And I was like, he's not going to come back on this podcast. Uh, but so it starts off as, as that. But it's like, it's a silent film where the squire of the, the head of the household, I guess they call them squires, um, comes home from a vacation. There's a baby in his bed. They're trying to figure out whose baby this is. Some lady admits that it's hers. They don't know who the father is. Um, <clears throat> they figure it's this guy. So they kick them out of the house. They like get them. They're like, you know, you can't be having sex. So they kick him out of the house, but he keeps the baby, which is kind of creepy. Um, and then. It's still a still title card, still them like mouthing and being very theatrical in their their acting, <clears throat> and then the beginning credits start and it's just like on the baby, <laughs> so we see like a still shot of the baby for like a really long time, and I was just kind of like laughing to myself and I'm just like, what the hell is this movie? Like what what is happening right now? I. The only thing I got out of it was, okay, period piece. And that's all I had. I had no foundation as to what this movie was supposed to be. Right. None at all. I kind of felt because there was some in the in the the silent the silent acting part with the title cards, there was some yeah. brevity to it. So I thought, okay, it's not it's definitely not taking itself too seriously. So I don't yeah. think it's gonna be like a drama. Right. But I still had I had no idea until the movie started in earnest and really in probably 10, 15 minutes into it, I had no idea what was happening or what yeah. the tone of the movie was, or if there was a, no, I know it. It, it was kind of like whiplash, but like, not because it was all over the pace tonally. Cause if you get, if, when I go back and like look and remember it, <clears throat> it, it kept the, it kept its tone from the beginning, but I was expecting best picture winner period piece. So I'm thinking it's a little bit more buttoned up. You know what I mean? A little more reserved. And I just kept getting none of that, you know what I mean? And uh, it was it it's it's very funny, but like not in like a like a in like a modern sense of no, it's, funny. it's, it's not I mean? funny. It's not the like the hangovers funny, right? It's right. it's um how how would I describe? It's funny in like the way Lost in Translation is funny. Or yeah. it's funny in the way that um, um, it's it's not a humor for everyone. It takes a certain uh, yeah. ability to understand what's funny about what you're watching. Uh, the scene where the bird's in the cage, right? I was, was going to talk about that, yes. And he climbs up the tree to get the bird. Yeah. That's, it was, I laughed out loud. Well, I tell you, I laughed out loud when the when so Tom Jones gets a bird for this the the squire's daughter. He's in love with his daughter. Mm -hmm. He's trying to woo her. He's like, I brought you a thrush. And this guy who's like of prominence is also pursuing this girl, takes the bird out of the cage and throws it, and the bird flies away. He's like, Oh, oh no, I didn't know it would fly away. <laughs> and like, it's just right. like the, his line delivery and like the whole situation is just as funny. It's funny. It's funny. And Albert Finney, so I knew Albert Finney um, obviously from uh, Big Fish. Sure. And Aaron Brockovich. Mm -hmm. Handsome lad. 19, yeah. 1960s yeah. Albert Finney. Good looking dude. Oh, yeah. And I, I started when I was watching the movie, and especially when it ended, and I realized that that's. I really enjoyed this movie. I started thinking if you could make that movie today and who is today's 1964 Albert Finney. Mm -hmm. And at first I was like, this has Ryan Gosling written all over it, but he's almost yeah. too pretty. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, Cause Albert Finney's got like a, he's like roguishly handsome in this. He's yeah. not like an yeah, attractive yeah. dude. He's just like yeah, a yeah. good looking dude. Yeah. 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 And he, dude's got shot. It was, 
I'm I was blown away by almost everybody in this movie and how they acted. Even uh, Lady Sophia's um, dad that had like the bad wig and the bad like the bad yeah. makeup. Like he was on Our Flag Means Death, and he had like a like a big red nose and the big blush circles on his cheeks. Hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a. I mean, there's a lot of. Um... <laughs> There's a lot of actors in this movie doing a lot of things. <laughs> yes. like each in like it's just kind of like uh, each this film it feels very like lived in and like everyone in this film from the people with two lines to the background extras they all just like feel like a part of this time and place like just like great casting great attention to detail everything feels very like like oh yeah that person looks like they are in the the 1700s you know what i mean yep and it's not like a i think what gave it that feel of realism that's what i'm looking for but um maybe accessibility is what i'm looking for is that it was a period piece where everybody wasn't like uh puffy and proper mm -hmm. it was it was um like there's people in the countryside who throw poop and there's uh, women like to have sex too. Yeah. And um, guys like to drink and be catabouts and not everybody right. was like a proper English Lord that right. you get in a lot of period pieces. It was, it seemed more, I guess what it probably was more like. It's, it kind of seemed like it was around like almost satirizing Yes, that, that's a great that, word for it. But it also like, it also kind of seemed like it was like a middle finger too. You know what I mean? Like, like oh, yeah. for sure. It, it, it reminded me a lot of the that Yargo Slants the most film, The Favorite. Okay. Um, have you seen The Favorite? I have seen a lot of Yargo Slants, so I can assume what it's like. But it, it's it's set. You know, it's very it's set in like this. You know, whatever this time period and and everything is you know, British and prim and blah, 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 blah. but it's, right. it, it, it's very, very silly. Um, and, and that was kind of what was throwing me at the very beginning. I was very much on the fence with this movie. could not figure it out because it was very silly and a very immature. And I was like, I just don't know. I just don't know if I'm feeling this. Like, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I like what's going on, but then the, you know, Richardson, Tony Richardson started doing his director thing and i saw you know some really cool edits and i saw and then there was the 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 hunt where they're going on mm -hmm. the horses and and there was like this really great i don't know if they like put if they like installed like a camera like on a helicopter or i don't know what they did but that was amazing drone work it really was some great <laughs> drone work uh in 1963 and and like i think from then on out I kind of got into what they were doing and like more of like that aspect of it. That was what kind of, that was what brought me in. And then once I was in and kind of accepted it, then I started to really kind of settle in and get comfortable with the humor and, and the kind of like uh vignette nature of this. Cause like, it's very, not very plot heavy. It's a, it's like a almost like a like a Jim Jarmusch movie where it's just vignette after vignette after vignette. Yeah. That that there's a where there's a loose through line throughout all of it. Yeah. And that through line is Tom Jones and his penis. Right. But it's <laughs> kind of like it's kind of like a coming of coming of age story, but yeah, you know, he's already of age. He just you know it's it's just about it's you know Tom Jones and but I, he figures out his lineage and he figures out his real mom. And, but I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of it. It's just, it's just, it's just Tom Jones, it's about Tom Jones. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? I don't know how else to explain the movie. If someone's like, what's Tom Jones about? I'd be like, it's about Tom Jones. <laughs> it's, about, it's about Tom Jones. That's, that's it. Uh, that's it. So some absolute so, wonderful lines said by the narrator in that movie too, by the way. Oh, and, and other people and other, but the yeah the narrator. A lot of times people don't like fucking with narrators, but this this was needed. We were all as God made us, and many of us much worse. Yes, 
there there's a there's a lot of those and but it kind of helps you settle into you know the settle into the the themes and like the tone of the movie but also into the mindset of Tom Jones cuz there's not a whole lot of like dialogue heavy scenes you know what i mean so you're kind of getting into these characters and understanding these characters through the voice of the narrator and then seeing those expectations and seeing those inner dialogues for the, from the narrator, you're seeing them work in different scenes and, and it kind of all makes sense and it's more cohesive because sometimes narration, not great. Well, and this one even did like a Chekhov's narrator too. Cause one of the first times you hear him, he says, they say Tom Jones was a man born to be hanged. And then in the third act, yeah. we get Tom Jones about to be hanged. And right. so I thought that was I thought that was pretty I thought that was pretty well done. Yeah. Uh, another I, I, great line was from Squire Western. He said, Madam, I despise your politics as much as I do a fart. <laughs> a great line. A great line. <laughs> when um the my my question for you, and if I'm jumping ahead of your your thought process here, just no. Let me know, but when did the movie for you go from good to great? So it I, went from I know I know for me when when I said I love it four and a half stars. So for me, I uncrossed my arms at the hunt, and I was like, okay, fine, let's see, let's see what's going on here. Mm -hmm. uh, I I think that I started I started really liking it and maybe even loving it when. Uh, Tom Jones is in bed with a woman that he's just met and uh, the man's husband comes and is like, where is that whore? I know she's with somebody. Um, and then the girl that Tom Jones has always been in love with is also there and hearing everything that's going on. And Tom Jones is just kind of just running around uh, with his pants around his ankles the whole entire time. Um, uh, there was actually more than one scene that was kind of like that, but but I just kind of started being like, you know, he's just like a just a cad running around, you know, like trying to get laid, trying to woo a girl, trying to, you know, but but it was it was just how how serious they took it, even though it was even though it's silly and like stupid and the life of Tom Jones is like, why do we even care? But like, I don't know, like the attention to detail of like the era and the sets and those costumes. And I don't know, it's just every, for all, for such a silly thing. You know what I mean? It just, I don't know. I really liked it. At one point during that scene that you were talking about just then, like the chase scene. Yeah. Tom Jones, like, um, falls through three stories worth of balconies. Yeah. And yeah. I, I lost it. I was like, yeah. fuck. I, I actually said, I looked at my wife and said, fuck yeah, look at that guy. Just, <laughs> he's just getting out of here. Yeah. But the scene, the scene for me that made this movie almost a masterpiece, in my opinion, a movie I'd never seen before until three days ago. Mm -hmm. Right before the scene you just talked about, mm -hmm. they have dinner together. <laughs> They have this dining scene together. Yeah. There's no dialogue whatsoever. Yeah. It's just acting. And yeah. they have like an eight course meal soup. They have uh, like crab. They have like a, like a yeah. chicken. They Pears. have oysters. And then suddenly just a bowl. They each have a bowl of pears, like 27 <laughs> pears each. And yeah. The camera cuts back and forth between the two of them. And at one point, you can almost see the the actress, like she's almost breaking character filming yeah. it. Yeah. It's so incredibly funny. I watched it. I watched it and was laughing and realized that my wife and my son, who uh, were on their phones not paying attention, I rewound it and made them put their phones down. I was like, <laughs> you have, it's like three and a half minutes of some <laughs> of the best film I've ever seen. The acting in that scene is so good. It's mm. so funny. It is worth, and it, I would hate, I think out of context, because it's available on YouTube, just that mm. clip. And I, I don't think you can watch it out of context because the buildup to that scene and everything right. that comes afterwards is phenomenal. But yeah. that one scene in that movie, 
I said that that made it go from good to great for me. Yeah. Yeah, that that's that whole cuz cuz even so I'll raise you this before that happens. So sh that lady that he's about he has food sex with and then has sex with. Yeah. He, he rescues her from like this red coat that was like attempting to rape yeah. her. Yeah. <clears throat> and he rescues her. And then they're they kind of like he saves her and then like walks away and she like keeps following him and she's like no I thank you and as she's following him like her shirt has been ripped because she was so this guy was trying to rape her and so like her she's trying to like cover her boobs but like but like she's not doing a great job of it so it's like it's very kind of like like a uh, tinsulating you know like flesh a lot of flesh being seen and. At one point, Albert Finney looks and like kind of notices the camera and then takes his hat off and covers the lens. Like, oh, you can't be seeing this. Like, like it's I like breaking the the, the breaking of the fourth wall. Is that the, the first time is that the first time in the movie that they break the fourth wall? Yes, but then soon after that they do it again. But right. I just I just love that because it's it's such a fuck you to the censors. You know what I mean? It's like a, oh, this is you know, you can't be seeing this, yep. you know, and it's like it's like they know exactly what they're doing and what they're showing, and then and then they have that scene um, uh, where they don't know how the hell to eat a pear, and they just he like eats are he eats the pear, he bites the stem, spits it out, <laughs> right. and then he, he eats, eats it stem from stem. the fucking stem point. He puts it in his mouth and he yeah. takes the point of the stem, stem point first, and I'm like, the fuck? When she eats the oyster. He like shucks it and then hands it to her, and right. she goes to slurp it down, and then she like, she like, <laughs> like seafood, like ah, yeah. she sticks it out of her mouth, and then like really sloppily sucks it back in, and then gives him like a wink and like a right. titty jiggle, and I'm like, yeah. what? that's happening. I know it's so like uh, it's like it's like a dirty, nasty, raw sex scene, but they don't they're just eating food, but it's so it's like food, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it was it's you're, great. And you're right. I had forgot about I had forgot about the red coat guy, and they get in a sword. They get a uh, really great sword fight. Yeah, and uh, Tom Jones does like the Dale Gribble like pocket sand to the eyes. Yeah, and I was like, yeah, that's yeah. that's fantastic. Yeah, um, it is such a weird move. It's so different. When they broke yeah. the fourth wall, I was like, "What am I even? What is this? What has happened?" I know. Yeah, it's like they don't. It's like who? They don't even care. Like what? What is? Oh, they just said, yeah. "You know what? Leave it in." Yeah, I, I love. And then that. we'll do that. it again later. But then that same. So that night. So after after they get done eating, then they like rush up to the bedroom, you know, and then they get interrupted, and everyone keeps yelling "rape" like super loudly, and and then Tom runs. Uh, at the camera and screams at the camera and goes, help! <laughs> that was the second yeah. time they broke the fourth wall. Was, everyone's yelling rape. Everyone's running for him. He doesn't have any pants on. And he runs down the hallway, looks in the camera and's like, help! And all the while, there's like a lady going, rape, rape! I don't know. It was, it was like just bonkers crazy. Yeah. Uh, super funny. And I was just like, this movie, it's amazing i don't know you know like i don't know why people are so down on it like it was it's so good dude i i had never heard of it let alone thought to see it and um when you got a hold of me saying hey could you could you come on and do this i said what movie you said tom jones i was like i don't even know first thing i thought of of course was tom jones <laughs> exactly and i was like maybe i don't know what this maybe he's in it i don't know and then <laughs> i i went to imdb and i was like no idea. And yeah. I could not be more pleased with having seen a movie. <laughs> uh, I will okay, so I have a burning question. Sure. Maybe you have maybe you have some uh, a clearer vision of it. So at the very, very beginning of the movie, he finds the baby in the bed. And in a, a matter of minutes, he decides to keep the baby and name him Tom Jones. Like he just had that one like locked and loaded. Mm -hmm. Tom Jones is is Jones is Jones like a bastard's name? Like like Snow, like John Snow, but like Tom. I don't. No idea. Couldn't tell you. <laughs> I, he's like I'm going to keep him. I'm going to name him Tom Jones. 
She named the baby like I would name a cat on a whim. Uh, yeah, you know what I mean? Just, he had like, it, ready to go. And that cat's name is Tom Jones. Moving on. I. Right. It, it's, it's almost like he, yeah, it's like he just got back from his travels, and while he was away, um, he met a cool guy named Tom Jones and was like, you know what? <laughs> Kind of I like the cut of that. I like the cut of that guy's jib. So I'm just going to go ahead and pass the name on. It's very strange. Um, uh, would you say the moral of the story is to fuck around, fuck everyone, and get the girl? Yes. <laughs> Here's the weird thing: is that like clearly he is him, and I think it's Sophia. They are mm -hmm. both. They're both very interested in each other, but yeah. the the world's conspiring against the two of them. Yeah. Her dad doesn't want her to be with the bastard Tom Jones. Yeah. And the Lothario Tom Jones, the Libertine Tom Jones, whatever you want to call him. And yeah. uh and and things just keep getting in the way. The thing that keeps getting in the way of Tom Jones is just the chances to have sex with other women. Right, right. And and he doesn't at no point does he say, like, my heart belongs to Lady Sophia. Right. So thank you, but no. He's just like yeah. All right. You want to yeah. eat oysters weird and then go bang in this inn? Right. Yeah. And then he, we, we, we haven't even talked about like his initial paramour, which is like the local wench. Yeah. Who yeah. gets poop thrown at her at a cemetery, which is fun right after church. Sure. It's so strange. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It and, the is. Whole, I, and the whole times, Lady Sophia is like, like I just my heart burns for Tom Jones. I right. That's he's my guy, and I'm right. I'm staying with him. Well, as as all of us are. Um, so I, I love that it's irreverent. I love that it played and experimented with the form. There's a great editing, great camera work, fourth wall breaking. You know they went they went balls out, mm -hmm. and I think to I, I mean obviously it worked well for them because it was somewhat critically acclaimed. Um, there was mixed reviews when it came out, but it made a bunch of money. It, it was nominated for all these awards. It won Best Picture. Um, uh, but looking but looking back, like people you know people will people always view this movie through the lens of it won Best Picture, so I'm going to watch it in that way. And they're like, and it's like, how does this rank as a best picture winner? And they go, well, I don't know, blah, 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 blah. Um, I, I would say if you're looking at this film like in a vacuum and it's you don't know what one best picture and you're just watching this movie, what what stands out to you as like if it were to be nominated? What are some things that stand out like you like, oh, I could see that or I could, you know what I mean? Or, or like or if, if anything. Oh, if you were to say, if I were to watch this movie, and then if somebody would say, "What would you nominate this movie for?" Right. Um, I thought well, editing. I thought was yeah. fantastic. Yeah. Um, I didn't know. I didn't know if it was. Um, I didn't know it was adapted mm -hmm. from a novel. Um, mm -hmm. But I thought the idea of it. So I, probably writing. And I mm -hmm. thought. Uh, I thought Finney was fantastic. Mm -hmm. I thought he acted his ass off in that movie, and. Yeah. Um, I would have probably, I would have probably said if it were to get any award whatsoever, it would be best actor. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, I, so I, I, I'm right there with you. I, definitely editing for me. It wasn't even nominated for editing. Which, which is, which is strange. I thought, I thought it was edited. I thought it was great. <laughs> I know. Um, but what's crazy is this movie was, so it was nominated for best picture, director, writing, music. Photography maybe? Art direction, set decoration. Okay. But all the other nominations were for acting. So Albert Finney was nominated for Best Actor in a Leading Role, didn't win. Hugh Griffith was nominated for Best Actor in a Supporting Role, didn't win. And then it was nominated for three Best Actresses in a Supporting Role. It's the first and only movie to ever have three. Uh, so for the three of movie. what? The four or the five nominees were all from this movie? Yeah. Yes. Diane Salento, who plays the the kind of girl from the beginning. Right. Uh, the beginning. Edith Evans and Joyce Redman. Uh, Joyce where, Redman is who he ate pears with. Uh, yeah, yeah. And then um, 
and who plays maybe his mom. And then right. um, uh, Diane Salento is the uh, uh, oh boy, oh boy, the the other fair maiden that's not Susanna York who plays Sophie and Susanna right. York never even got nominated. The other women were in it for like just a little bit, but it's like, I don't know. It was um, like of the acting, obviously the, you know, to Tom Jones is, is great. Hugh Griffiths is hilarious. Um, and Salentio. So, you know, the lady that plays uh, the, the whore from the beginning. Right. I don't know, it just kind of blew my mind that the things that it should be celebrated for now and you know at the time wasn't even you know nope. not on the not on the docket or cinematography even. But sorry, tangent. Just, I just I just remembered uh, another line. I think it was the narrator who said it, and it was um, uh, too much wine will dull a man's desire. Mm-hmm. Um, and indeed it will in a dull man for a dull man. Yeah. Yeah. Like too much wine ain't going to dull old Tom Jones desire because <laughs> right. he's not a, he's not a dull man. What a great line. Yeah. The narrator no. would just sometimes swoop in and drop a banger and then yeah. just buzz off for 15, yeah. 20 minutes. Shut off. Yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. kind of like this whole movie is just like building the myth of, of Tom Jones, whoever the fuck mm-hmm. Tom Jones, you know what I mean? It's just all in service of Tom Jones and, just Tom that's Jones. it. <laughs> it's that's it. Such a strange movie. And I'm uh, I'm very serious when I say that I think it has crawled its way probably into my top ten movies of the time. Yeah. I absolutely enjoyed this movie. And I'm like, so I'm watch like, it again. I've seen it. I've seen it twice since I got home from Pennsylvania on Sunday, <laughs> and I absolutely love it. It's one that I want to. There's a criterion of it. There's, you know, there's like these special editions, or whatever. I'm, I want to get my hands on it. But despite its success, director Tony Richardson said that he was dissatisfied with the final product. In, in his autobiography, he wrote that he felt the movie was incomplete and botched in much of its execution. Uh, I'm not knocking that kind of success. Everyone should have it. But whenever someone gushes to me about Tom Jones, I always cringe a little inside. I think that's just a him problem. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, dude, you did good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Your your movie got nominated for 10. You won Best Picture. Yeah. So good, bro. Yeah. I mean, I think you're okay. Uh, I think you're okay. Uh, uh, weird aside that um, Tony Richardson's daughter, Natasha Richardson, was married to Liam Neeson. She's the one that Died That's true. In the, uh, in the skiing accident, yeah. Skiing accident, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I wouldn't have made that connection until you made it for me just then. And Jolie Richardson is his other daughter. Um, really? One of only nine films in all of cinema history uh, that have been nominated for five Oscars for their performances. So the others were Mrs. Miniver, which is like a, a war movie, all about Eve. From Here Eternity, another war movie, On the Waterfront, Peyton's Place, Bonnie and Clyde, The Godfather Part Two, and Network. Um, and then this and Peyton's Place are the only ones not to have received at least one win for what they were nominated <laughs> for. So all five <laughs> nominated, zero wins. But, you know, top, uh, this year, I don't think anyone was going to get past Sidney Poitier and Louise of the Field, but he was nominated alongside Richard Harris. And Rex Harrison and Paul Newman. So stiff, stiff, stiff competition. Yeah, I would say so. That's quite the stable of nominees there. Yeah, and then support. You mean they had like the supporting actress like cornered, but um, uh, Margaret Rutherford won for this movie called The VIPs. And then um, Lilia Scala was nominated for Lilies of the Field alongside it. But um, it's just crazy that of the three, <laughs> they couldn't. They couldn't Not bring it one. Home. Couldn't bring it home. Also, to to something to to note. I mean, this is all like a British film, British people. Not a single person that won. Uh, that won 
So Tony Richardson or um, Tony Richardson wasn't there to win to take home his best picture or his best director statue, and uh, the guy that won for music was not there. Uh, and then John Osborne, the writer, wasn't there. Like they all won, and they weren't. They just weren't there. I got it. <laughs> didn't show. No up. big deal. Uh, <laughs> so Gene Littlefeather uh, accepted for all of them. So, um. I watch this movie in chunks because I have three kids and a full-time job and I can't just sit down and watch a movie. Um, sure. So I, I posted uh, on my social media that I was watching it and I wasn't sure what to think of it yet. Cause this was, I still had my arms crossed at this point and um, prolific film editor, Paul Hirsch. Uh, he won an Academy Award for Star Wars, editing Star Wars. He was nominated for Ray to, Mission Impossible and Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, Ferris Bueller. Anyways, we're friends on Facebook for some reason. And uh, he posted uh, on my post, he said, I loved it. You have to remember that the period in which this was made was very straight-laced. And it's a sly, sexy tone. It's sly, sexy tone was refreshingly naughty. Um, David Warner is a great prig and a villain. And Sophie... Uh, made me fall in love with her. Great supporting performances from Peter Bull, especially Hugh Griffith. The soundtrack album was one of my favorites. And this kind of just like underlines, you know, seeing this in 2023, still love it, still appreciate it, but like seeing this in 1963, you know, as from, you know, someone that was probably in their 30s, 20s, um, this had to have been like, you know, Seen Animal House for the first time. <laughs> exactly. Like I had to have been such yeah. an experience. Mm -hmm. uh, I can't imagine. Like there's films that I've watched that I'm just like, I don't know, you know, like seeing this would have like for me in that time would have been it would have been huge. Well, this would have been the movie that um made you fall in love with movies. Right. Right. You know? Yeah. Very, very easily could. It's one of those kind of movies. Yeah, I think so. And I, I, you know, I think that's kind of what, what, you know, the kind of like maybe the thesis statement of this this episode is just like <clears throat> this is a, a very well deserved best picture win, and one that doesn't get its flowers. There's so many best picture winners that I have seen that fucking suck. They're like not good. Um, especially in the early days, the ones that are kind of like this, where it's like, well, you had to have seen it in those days. You know, it's like, well, I don't know if it would have been better if I watched it then anyways, you know, like cavalcade. But, um, you know, there, there's, there's movies of the time. And then the opposite of that are like timeless classics. And, yep. and, and this is, this is both, you know, it's a movie of its time, you know, playing in the constraints of its time, but it's also, it rises above that to be like that timeless classic of, you know, it, it has all that special sauce to make it, you know, one that you should seek out and watch and appreciate and study. And you know what I mean? Well, and that's where I think that this show and this journey and what you're doing is um, an important one to do and continue because being very honest, Without your gentle nudge here, I right. don't think I ever would have seen Tom Jones. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, when I when I think of best pictures, I kind of like I stop at like 1970. Right. You know, Same. I, I don't go any farther back. I got I got I got that run in the 70s, which are phenomenal films mm -hmm. year after year after year after year. And I don't I never felt the need to go any farther back. Um, because I felt like it would have to be, like you said, you'd have to have been there during that time. Yeah. Um, this podcast, this journey you're on is shining a light on some of these movies that need to be seen. Tom Jones needs to be seen. And Tom it Jones, must. I think is timeless. It really is. It's a, it's, it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not even surprisingly good. It's just really good <laughs> and like i have a bunch of i have like film buddies and film critic friends and um like i just i haven't gotten to talk about this yet because i like to save all my conversations about it for the podcast and so sure. even just now like talking about it 
reminiscing about it, remembering the different scenes and doing that. Like it's, it's It's, you know, it's, 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 it was sticking in my craw and I was thinking about it ever since I watched it and then talking about it is it's elevating it even more. Like it's definitely, you know, it's one of those, it's one of those movies. Um, and it just kind of blows my mind that on, you know, if you go to IMDb, Six point four. Look at the score. It's a six point four, which is, I mean, that's criminally Unf low. It's, it's unfathomable how low that is. And if you go to if you go to Letterboxd and look at it there, it's a two point nine. That's 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 ridiculous. It's ridiculous, and that's like you know whatever you want to call, it, but like film bro. Uh, kind of people on there who would like you would think would kind of go the other way on that, you know what I mean, and not follow the the masses. Um, there's a couple of people on there with four and, and five star ratings, um, yours included. Um, but yeah, I just you know, closing thoughts. I just I was kind of I was blown away that it could be so silly and so immature and irreverent, but also so beholden and kind of like sacred to to the art of film and to the the filmmaking and the, the whole process of it and the acting and you know i know that finney has talked about how he didn't really like being in it and was bored and like tony richardson has, has like talked bad about it but i don't know i think they created something really special that you do, that doesn't happen all the time um and and if if, if you if you give it a chance and you unfold your arms, I think that you'll mm -hmm. you'll find this movie that's saying a lot about sexuality and it's saying a lot about um, freedom, not just like like freedom of expression, freedom of your body, freedom of all you know all kinds of stuff. And it's it's you know whether it intended to say those things or not, that's kind of the outcome because of what they yep. did, you know. Dare I say it's a it's a charming film. Yeah, yeah, it certainly is. Certainly is. Oh, especially <laughs> I didn't even get to talk about how there's a what just made me just love it because it's just like why would they do that to us? But there's a part of the movie where you think that he's just slept with his mother. Yeah. And then the the way they kind of reveal it is like the lady goes Wait, what was his name? Tom Jones, and then the and then the the narrator talks, and it makes it really seem like he just slept with her son. And she was like, "Well, not bad." And then you kind of you get the reveal that it's not really his his mom, and she took the fall for it because he's actually highborn, kind of like a Jon Snow situation after all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and he and he wins. You know, he gets he gets the girl. He gets immediately the, gets her. Yeah. Go to her, and he's like, "I will," and then he does. Like, and then he, he says, to the and he gives himself like a little, like a like a lapel press, and he yeah. slicks his hair back, and he gets the girl. It's just that easy for Tom Jones. That even Tom Jones, and then because his mom is actually the sister of the squire who adopted him, he gets he gets the estate. Yeah, everything's turning up. Tom you, Jones, everything's. Oh my God, that's a. Things are coming up. I normally say it looks like things are coming up Millhouse. Yeah. But I think from now on, it's things are coming up Tom Jones. Things are coming up Tom Jones. And everybody, you know what? That's the thing, too. Like, everybody, you know a guy who's a Tom Jones. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. yeah. But you, until now, you've never thought to call him Tom Jones. Mm -hmm. uh, your, your little tidbit, your little bit of trivia earlier on where the the singer Tom Jones, the right. Las Vegas icon Tom Jones, yeah. named himself Tom Jones because of this movie, yeah. um, and then made himself the personification of right. Tom Jones. Yeah, yeah, is that's an onion of awesomeness. Yeah. There's so many layers there, What's uh, and it all makes like, it makes sense now. Yeah. Why Tom Jones is Tom Jones? I I honestly always assumed his name was just Tom Jones. Yeah. Uh, to find out that he chose that because of this movie is yeah. just is just a chef's kiss. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, uh, huge fan of that. Uh, this was also the last film that President John F. Kennedy saw during a stopover in Palm Beach, Florida, en route to Dallas, Texas. 
So, really? Yeah. A J JFK himself, a regular old Tom Jones. Yeah. Dare I say he was a fan? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I'm sure. I, I'd have to say yes. I bet he said, you know, I like that film. I like the cut of his gym. I like the cut of that guy's gym. Yeah. What uh, are Marilyn's doing? Yeah. Speaking of which, <laughs> Marilyn. Uh, she was dead by then, maybe. Anyways. Um, uh, closing thoughts, sir? Thank you. Thank <laughs> yeah. you for... I never would have seen it. Good. I'd have died uh, on my deathbed, and I've never seen Tom Jones. My closing thought is... Thank you, sir, for the opportunity to see Tom Jones. Uh, I am happy to have given you that opportunity. That's all for this week. Join me next week. Dalen Rowell is back. It was discussed. My Fair Lady. Uh, it's available on Prime to rent for a few bucks. And as of this recording, it is streaming on Paramount+. Plus. You can find the show on X at Winner Was Pod. You can find us on Facebook and the Winner Was Podcast. I'm on Letterboxd. Find me over there. Email the show. Tell me what you think. Winner was podcast at gmail.com. Ryan, where can we find you and your work? Um, anywhere that you can listen to podcasts, my podcast, GeekCast Live, is available. You can also find it over at violentpress.com. I don't know why that's the URL we chose. Um, I'm on Letterboxd, and then you can also find me. Um, I'm on a podcast called Movie Podcast Weekly. Uh, we release an episode once a month. So, <laughs> yeah, we podcast weekly once a month. Uh, check it out. Um, uh, very funny stuff. Big thanks to Casey Townsend at Waterway Music for the intro and the outro music. You can find him at waterwaymusicnc.com. All right, goodbye. Go jump into bed with somebody. You betcha. Mm -hmm.